Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Psalm chapter 27 and verse 13. The writer said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness. Everybody say the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Today I want to talk to you about believe to see the goodness of God. Believe to see the goodness of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word, for your people today. I'm asking, God, that you would move upon us, Lord, that in our limited fashion, God, but with the gifts you have given us, let us, Lord, distribute the word like bread into the hearts of people that they may grow, Lord Jesus, and continue to reach out in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Believe to see the goodness of God. You can be seated. The story goes about two fishermen that were sitting in chairs on a frozen lake, ice fishing, ice fishing. I've never been ice fishing. I don't get the point. I think that I would rather be in warm fishing. Warm fishing. Anybody like warm fishing? I'd rather do that. It takes some real fortitude to go out freezing cold to fish. The fellow on the right had thrown his line in to the normal size round hole, expecting to catch something out of that hole. The other guy threw his line, draped his line into a massive hole the size of a well. The fisherman on the left had his in the water as well. Amen. But the fisherman that he was looking for the nibble, just looking for a bite. But the other guy had a crater and he was looking for a whale. He cut it out for a whale. Now the guy on the right is fishing. But the guy on the left had vision. He had vision. He had expectation. The guy on the right was fishing with potential. But the guy on the left was fishing with expectation. Sure, his fellow fishermen think he's nuts. But he said, that's all right. I've got high expectation. 
In the world of the internet and uh, uh, of websites, they have something called W-Y-S-I-W-G, which means what you see is what you get. It's an acronym that stands for what you see is what you get. The phrase is to describe computer intelligence and interface. Flip Wilson, uh, on the other hand, comedian Flip Wilson coined the phrase, what you see is what you get in 1960. What you see is what you get. Uh, not too long, or last year, I don't know how many of our whacking rabbits fellas we got in the house today. We went on the on the hunting trip out to New Mexico. We got all we got all our gear together. We packed into two trucks and a trailer. We got a side by side. We got more guns than than you can shake a stick at, and we're ready to go. We're going to have a great time, and we travel all the way down to New Mexico, and it's a fur piece, y'all. It's a long ways down there and a long ways back. But when we get there, it's snowing in New Mexico. And so we go out hunting for rabbit in the snow. And I'm looking around and all I see is snow. Other guys see rabbits. The next day it's warm. The snow's gone. It's melted. And all I see is tumbleweeds and sticks and branches. And, and they say, look at that. You see that one over there? I say, where? I don't see that. You know, it took me all week to figure out how to see a rabbit. But there were some guys, they, the first day, they're seeing rabbits. Amen. And, and Brother Seth, am I telling the truth? We saw rabbits all the way home. Rabbits everywhere. You can just see it because you train your eye to start looking for rabbits. You want to see them. You want to see the right color. You want to see that fur. You want Because you want to you put that bad boy down. You want to shoot that thing. And, and when you're shooting from a truck, that's my kind of hunting. But what my point is, is that, that, that there were guys that were seeing things that I didn't see. Drive down the road with Brother LeBan and he'll say, did you see that deer? No, I didn't see that deer. I saw trees. You and I will see what we train our eyes to see. Amen. There are those today that have an eye for art. Sister Judy can see stuff on a canvas that I can't see. She sees the finished product. I, I just see a blank canvas, and I'm going, duh, I don't know what to do here. Amen. But Sister Judy has an eye to see. Amen. Brother, Brother Bob, amen. Brother Bob drives a truck all over the country. He's going to see things in traffic long before I see them because he's trained his eye to see it. Amen. Naturally, you will see what you expect to see, but you will also see what you condition your heart to see. Amen. We see today that there is a focus of faith. A focus of faith that is past a natural vision. It is a vision that looks beyond the present circumstance. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 and verse 34, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single... Thy whole body is full of light. But when your eye is evil, the body 
also is full of darkness. Whatever you let into your eye gate begins to come into your soul. That is what you focus on and where your vision is determines what comes into your soul. The eyes, your eyes. I, 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 I know people talk about multitasking. I can't hardly walk and chew gum at the same time. But you cannot multi-focus. You can't focus on this thing and focus on that thing at the same time. Your eye may be looking and you're focusing out there and then you focus here and you focus there. But you can't focus at two things at one time. You can only focus at one thing at a time. So it must be with our spirit man. Where is our focus today? The word division means the dividing of direction. The dividing of direction is where we get the word derailed. Amen. The saddest life is the one that has derailed focus. Focus that is not focused on the things of God. A focus of faith that that does not produce a real understanding of what God is all about. Helen Keller, who lived without sight, and without sound, made a startling observation when he, she said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. The only thing that is worse than having sight is being blind and have no vision. There is a vision of faith that is greater than positive thinking. Everybody likes to po- well, think positively. Do you have one of those in your family that thinks positively? Glasses always half full. You have somebody in your family that always wakes up and says, Good morning, everybody. It's going to be a great day. Do you have somebody in your family that is just, just you know, you, know it, it, you just want to slap them? <laughs> the Lord says, Would you just, just hold on a minute? Amen. Just those, those kind of folks. Well, there is a vision that is greater than positive thinking. There is a vision than just simply having a a good outlook on life. Amen. There is a vision that is greater than that. There is a look that is more powerful than the perception of the eye. It is the vision of faith. The psalmist said in our text, I had fainted unless, somebody say unless, I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. I ask you this morning, what are you looking for in your life? What are you looking for in your world? What are you looking for during your day? The psalmist also said, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will rejoice and be glad in it. What's your worst day? Is it Monday? Rejoice in Monday. Is it Tuesday? Rejoice in Tuesday. Is it Wednesday? What's your worst possible day? Amen. Whatever happened, it is something that we can grab a hold of and say I will rejoice yet. Though the fig tree doesn't blossom, I still rejoice. Though bad things happen in my life, I will rejoice. I have just about quit watching news. I can't stand it. All of it. All the alphabets. 
I can't, it just, I'm just, by the time I get through, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go into a basement and dig ditches somewhere. I, 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 it's, so, it's so gloomy, so down. This one fights against that one. That one fights about that one. This is how bad it is here. That's how bad it is there. You know, because bad news evidently sells. Bad news evidently is what is everybody's looking for. How bad things are. How horrible things are. The world looks bleak and it does. The world looks gloomy and it does. Doom seems to be on the horizon. One sad person said it like this. In the end, even the stars choose destruction over life. Now there's an outlook. Come across some other. Does life get better or do we just get used to it? <laughs> Somebody said that. I don't know who to attribute to because it didn't have the name next to it. <clears throat> How about this one? All clouds are raining. All clouds are raining. <clears throat> Someone said this I need a break from my thoughts. I need a break from my thoughts. Some sad sack said, I wasn't myself for a month and nobody noticed. <laughs> wasn't myself for a month and nobody noticed. You know, there's some people that live not by Newton's law of gravity, but rather by Murphy's law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. We wake up in the morning expecting there's going to be a problem. We wake up in the morning expecting there's going to be an issue. And we're going to wake up in the morning expect. Hey, y'all, I don't know if you see it or not, but looky here. I've got shoes that have ties on them today for the first time in over a month. I've been wearing loafers because that's the only thing I could put on. And there's some folks, it's just, that's their, 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 their life is wrapped up, getting up in the morning. And, and this is going to be deep, y'all. This is a deep message with a lot of theology and doctrine and some depth. So I want you to really pay attention. But there's some people, their world is nothing but a constant good up in the morning and think like the old man in the Dunkin' Donuts commercial, way before y'all time. In the Dunkin' commercial, Dunkin' Donuts, remember that? The guy had got to get up real early in the morning, and he would say what? Time to make the donuts. Go Google it sometime. <laughs> time to make the donuts. Get up, got to go make the donuts. That's my life. Got to get up, go to work. Got to get up, punch the time clock. I got to get up one more time. Amen. The cows have got to be fed if you got cows. Chickens got to be fed if you got chickens. Diapers have got to be changed. Kids have got to be fed. This has got to be done. And we look and we don't see the glory of God. We don't see the goodness of God. And day in and day out, it becomes a, a whole book of Ecclesiastes. Anybody read Ecclesiastes on fast speed when you, when you read it this year, when you went through your book? Amen. I, I, I went through Ecclesiastes, and I'm listening to it. So you put it on, 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 on two times the speed, and you're going through it because Ecclesiastes is nothing but one downer after another. Life is full of vanity. Life is full. Of... Seriously. 
is the glory of God? Where is the goodness of the Lord? Where, God, you're not in this. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> you know what? Psalm 27 is such a psalm. David that writes Psalm 27 is the guy that is saying all clouds are raining. Everything's rough. The psalmist is written this by a man who for this very moment is in the depths of, of, of despair and spiritual conflict. And yet he's, he's, he's standing up against trouble. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to stand against trouble. He talks about his enemies in, in this psalm. He talks about his enemies and his foes having eat his flesh. How bad your day got to be when you get up and say, my enemies and my foes have eaten my flesh. Y'all start gnawing on my finger. I'm going to go on with my day, you know. It, it, my enemies have eaten my flesh. He said that the enemies encamped around about him, against him. It, against him. That word is used repeatedly. War was against him. It was against him. Lord, today is against me. My, my school is against me. My job is against me. My marriage is against me. My issues are against me. My health is against me. Everything's against me. What? No witty comeback on that? Life sometimes is tough. Life sometimes is hard. Amen. Life. He even felt like the psalmist said that his father and mother had forsaken him. Like his enemies was above his head. Amen. This is the psalmist that is writing about this. And he said, I had fainted. I just about gave up. I just about punched my card in. I just about quit. Threw the towel. Whatever you want to say. I was going to give up. Unless. Unless. I had believed to see. He didn't even say I saw it. But I woke up believing that I was going to see it. It may be gloomy around me and bad around me, but I believed that I'm going to see it. In the fog of despair, I believe that I'm going to see it. In the time of trouble, I believe that I'm going to see God's goodness. Hallelujah. Mm. I had believed. Somebody got to believe. You have to not only think about how gloomy it is around you, but I believe I'm going to see the goodness of God in this pain. I'm going to see the goodness of God in this sickness. I'm going to see the goodness of God in this trial. I'm going to see the goodness of God in this test. I'm going to see the goodness of God around me. I refuse to bow my focus to be just on the gloom. So how did the psalmist see the goodness of the Lord? You and I can choose to see the goodness of the Lord or we can just wallow in self-pity and negativity. Pastor, I know I'll see the goodness of the Lord in heaven, but what about here? The psalmist said, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
I know I'm going to see over there when I get to the other side the goodness of the Lord. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in heaven, but that's not what he said. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord here. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in this life. I'm going to see, hey, listen, we are living in the last days. Antichrist is right on the verge. Our world is going to hell in a handbasket. And we're wondering about what is going to happen with politics. And our America that we once knew 20 years ago is not the America of today. And we wring our hands and we say what we're going to do. I know what I'm going to do. I want to get up and say, I believe I will see Today, the goodness of the Lord. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Pastor, I'll see him when I get married. No, I'll see it right now. Lord, Pastor, I'll see you when I get my house. No, I'm going to see it right now. I'll see it when I get that new car. No, I'm going to see it right now. I'll see it when I get that better job. No, I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord right now. I believe to see I believed to see. How did he do it? Let's go through this psalm together. Amen. Verse 1. Psalm 27, verse 1. It is a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? How am I going to see the goodness of the Lord? Is I'm looking past the darkness and I see the light. I'm looking past the fear and I see faith. Amen. I'm looking past what I see at this moment and I know my God is with me. If I have pain, He's going to be with me. If I suffer, He's going to be with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the one that brings illumination. He is the strength of my life. He is my light and He is my strength. Amen. Look within. If all we do is look within, if all we do is look in our, our present circumstances, if all we do is look at the doctor's report, if all we do is look at our bank statement, if all we do is look at our relationship issues, and that's all, we, all that we see. Pastor, you're not being real. Pastor, you're not being real. I want to tell you, was Joseph real? When he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. We're talking about a dude that was sold by his brothers, put into a pit, amen, and then sold into slavery. You're talking about a guy that was wrongfully accused of rape and went to jail for it. And yet God brought him back out of it and made him the number two in Egypt. What you meant for evil, God saw good. Can you see the good in the pit? Can you see the good in your your prison. Can you see the good of God? Not just the good of a situation, but the goodness of God. How do I see the goodness of God? I don't just look within. I just don't look within. But I got to see something up, out. Let His light illuminate things. Let His light so when somebody stops me and says, how are you doing? 
I don't have to give them a full diagnosis about my pains and my issue. I can say, I see the goodness of the Lord. God has been good to me. How are you doing, you know? Is your back better? Yeah, it's better. I got tied shoes on today. Are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm doing better. But I want to tell you something, that just a little something that I've learned in the month that I've been down in my back is that when I am weak, He is strong. It is in my situation when I am weak, He is strong. It's when you are in your darkest hour that God comes along and picks you up and carries you. Oh, we may say, where are you, God? I'll tell you where He is. Underneath is the everlasting arms. That's the goodness of God. He didn't destroy me. I'm still here. I'm still able. Look up. If you want to see the goodness of the Lord, understand as David did, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Look up. Then he said in verse 2, when the wicked... Even my enemies and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh. I stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me. Why? The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. When are we going to learn that we've got to simply say in every situation, you're my source, Lord. You're my strength, Lord. Not my feelings. Amen. Let me just stop here and tell you, you've got a problem with issues in life. Maybe you have have a problem with binge eating and you just constantly eat to try to satisfy yourself and, and make yourself feel at peace. He said, I was, the Lord is my peace, not my Big Mac. The Lord is my peace, not food. Amen. How about run into this relationship and run into that relationship and we look for peace and we look for safety. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my peace, not people, not possessions, not security of this world, but the Lord. Look to see, believe to see the goodness of the Lord. So the first thing we need to do is look up, look beyond, see God in the situation, not just your enemies. One man said to an old preacher one time, he was having a hard time believing, and he said, the world is so bad, I can't see God anywhere. The world is so bad, I can't see God anywhere. And the old preacher said, I look at the world and that's all I see is God. I look at the world and that is all I see is God. People say I can't believe because of this and I can't believe. Well, I want to tell you, I must believe because I see the goodness of the Lord around us. Amen. In the land of the living. So the second thing I want to show you, first of all, look up. He's the light. The second thing is focus in the right direction. Psalm 27 and verse 4. Notice what the psalmist said here. One thing. Have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. Not ten things I dabble in. One thing I desire I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, hallelujah, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up 
up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises of the Lord. How can you do that? How can you sing praises in the darkest of hour? Because one thing have I desired, and that's to be in his presence. That's what worship is all about. Worship is being in his presence, not just in church, but on the job. Not just in church, but in your hobby time, in your vacation time. I believe to see the goodness of God. There are some people that their life has been so troubled, so horrible, so rough, and really has. They may say, I wish I could have done it better, or wish I'd run and done it different, wish this hadn't happened, wish that hadn't happened to me. Amen. But I want you just for a minute to go back into your past and look how the Lord was with you every step of the way, how the Lord kept you, how the Lord protected you. You were in a bad relationship, but God protected you and God kept you. You didn't lose your faith. You didn't lose your mind. Amen. But God kept you and God protected you. How many times did an unanswered prayer go to your favor, not against you? Oh, Lord, I want this. I want that. Oh, Lord, I want that person. I want, that. I want to date that person. I, I want to marry that person. I want to have... Amen. But it was nothing but the glory and the goodness of God that kept that from happening in your life. Are you glad for the goodness of the Lord? How are you going to see the things of God? By seeing His goodness. By seeing His goodness in the time of need. Somebody say amen. What are you looking for? Spurgeon said, concerning the one thing that I've desired of the Lord, he said, that will I seek after. Holy desires must lead to resolute action. The old proverb says, wishers and wooders are never good housekeepers. And wishing never fills a sack. Desires are seed which must be sown in the good soil of activity or they will yield no harvest. Amen. We shall find our desires to be like clouds without rain unless followed by practical endeavors. What must we do? We must put our life into action. Amen. Next time you drive down one of these Indiana roads, look up. There's nothing more beautiful than Indiana sky. Look at the red hues. Look at the beauty. Look at how it is around. You look and see it and see the goodness of the Lord, the goodness of God, amen. Well, I, I, I listen to the singing of the cassette because how do you say in those bugs, you know, cicadas? You said it, cicadas. Listen to that and think, My God's playing a, an anthem, my God's playing some music, not just that they're a bug. See the goodness of God, see the goodness of God, amen. Look at your garden and say, Man, that's a great garden. But I got to deal with the weeds. I got to deal. No, see the tomatoes coming up. Sorry, Bishop. Amen. See the corn coming up. See the beans coming up. See the potatoes you're going to dig up. Amen. If you look for the goodness of God, you will see it. But if your life is only on the negativity and how bad things
things are and how rough things are, you will bypass the smile of a baby and see the glory of God in the smile of a baby. You'll bypass the beauty of a majestic horse running across the field in the glory of God as that mane is waving in such beauty and wonder. You'll bypass the beauty of a flower. Amen. See the goodness of God. See the goodness. Of, it's not as bad as you think it is. Your life is not as bad as you think it is. Your life is more blessed than you know because God is good all the time. David's single desire compelled him into action. He said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. Hallelujah. You won't find the goodness of God until you go after it. There's a war going on in everybody's head. Whether I'm going to see how bad things are, or I'm going to see the goodness of God. The goodness of God. You see, you can see the goodness of God in the worst of situations if you look and if you believe to see. Okay, I'm going about my world and about my day. I'm going to believe that today, Monday, Monday's hard. Monday's rough. Monday's awful. No, no, no. I'm going to believe that on Monday I'm going to see the goodness of God. I know there's some personalities. We've done the personality studies here. I know there's some personalities that line up with Eeyore. And there are some personalities that line up with Tigger. I get that. But both Eeyore and Tigger have the ability to believe, to see the goodness of the Lord. The person with the deepest melancholy uh, temperament has the ability to see the goodness of the Lord. It's not just us crazy otters that only wants to have fun. Amen. But it is about seeing by faith. I look beyond the present. I look beyond the shell. I look beyond this temple and I see the goodness of God. Oh Lord, why did you bring me here? Because God's got some goodness he wants to show you. God, why did you put, allow this to happen in my life? Because he wanted to see some goodness. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Good to see Brother Mike. Brother Mike shows me the goodness of God. He's a worshiping Ephesus. Praise God. If you don't know what that means, that means a bad worshiper. Somebody loves to worship God. He has every excuse not to. Sorry to use your personal, but I want to tell you, it's inspiring when you see Brother, Brother Mike come worshiping God. Hallelujah. I, I feel a little bit small. I'm going to see the goodness of God. Well, this happened to me. Oh, you meant it for evil, but God. I wonder what Moses' mom thought when she put Mo in the basket and thought that he was done. I'm feeding him to the alligators. I'm feeding him to the fish. He's done. I don't know what. But God had another intent. He had glory that he wanted to show. He took him from a basket into, into Pharaoh's house. The goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. Oh, the goodness of God. Hallelujah. He said, one thing have I desired, and that, somebody say that, will I seek after. 
His passion, his focus was to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. That means to remain. If your focus is on the presence of God, this is how you see the goodness of the Lord. And then he said to behold the beauty of the Lord. I want to see the beauty of God. If you focus on the beauty. Guys, I talked about New Mexico. New Mexico was beautiful. It's the... That area where we went is the perfect state of nothing, but it was beautiful. It was nothing, but it was beautiful. How you see things and how you frame what you look at, amen, will change your attitude. It will change your outlook. It's not that you're trying to improve and be positive. Oh, no, it's about I want to see God in this. I want to see God through this. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To see his beauty in life. Got to see my granddaughters. We got to see our granddaughters this week. Oh my goodness. Guys are getting big. But they're so beautiful. They're so beautiful. Brother John, little Sila's eyes. Little Sila's eyes are piercing. That blue. Crystals and those faces, that attitude, that spice, that salsa. How can I but leave thinking, God, you're good? God, you're good? God, you're good? God, you're good? Amen. How about the babies being formed in our expected mothers right now? How about this? How about, can you see the glory of God? Can you see the goodness of the Lord? Amen. I want to tell you, I believe that if you and I would look, we would see right through all the mire that we're dealing with, all the gloom that we're dealing with, everything politically, everything socially, all the cancel culture, all the wokeness, all the issues around us, and say, I still see the goodness of God. I see the goodness of God even in the crazy. I see the goodness of God. Amen. Oh God, I'm not going to just simply talk about how bad it is. I believe I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. One thing. Focus. He said, and I'm going to inquire in his temple. I'm going to look at spiritual things. My focus filter is on the things of God on the family of God, on my walk with God. My focus is how much can I get to the house of the Lord, not how little. I'm going to focus on my witness. I'm going to focus on on doing the things of God and living for God. Y'all that knew my dad, there was perhaps no man more focused on any one single thing than my father could be. My dad was used mildly by the Lord. He was a walking prophet. Never said it of himself, but he was a walking man of God, operated in the gift of prophecy. I watched him. I was raised in his house. I know what I'm talking about. He lived and ate and breathed the things of God. 
Rarely did you ever hear him talk about anything else. And if it was about something else, he'd turn, he'd turn earth-moving equipment, talk about earth-moving equipment, back around to the things of God. He loved to talk about the things of God. My mom would have to tell him, Fred, can't you just talk about something besides the Bible every now and then? That, that, that was his thought. It drove him. It drove him. He was consumed with little else. He was consumed with little else. That was his single passion that permeated every fiber of his being. Amen. I want to tell you, that's why my dad could, and, and my mom could go through the death of a son, amen, through a middle breakdown of my mom, could go through issues because somewhere there was a desire. I've got one thing and one thing only that I'm going to focus on, and that is God. And when I focus on Him, I'll find His goodness. I'll see His favor. I'll find His anointing. I'll find His blessings. Paul understood this power of, of focused vision when he said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I haven't made it. But this one thing I do. What's he going to do? Forget. What does he do? Forget. Somebody say forget. Forget. Amen. You need to realize the power of God to go back in your past and change your mess and forgive you and clean you up and go back into that and say, it's good. I wish somebody shouted. It's good. Well, but, but you don't know about me, what I did and what I've done and where I've been. Hey, hey, but I've been down in the name of Jesus and he washed my sins away. It's good. It's good. My past, he has erased. Amen. My chains, he has taken away. Why can I not see anything but the goodness of God? I don't see my past as being a drudgery and a pain and a mess up and abuse and drinking and carousing. I don't see that. I see it as a goodness of God. This one thing I do, forgetting those things are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many be perfect. Do what? Be thus minded. Think on it. Amen. Be thus minded. And if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. God's brought us this far, and until he takes us to a new dimension, I'm going to walk in this victory. I'm going to walk in where he brought me from. I'm going to walk in where he is and where I am. I may not be where Bishop is, but I'm going to walk in where I am. I may not be where Brother John is, but I'm going to walk where where I am. I may not be where Sister Katie is, but I'm going to walk where I am. Hallelujah. Enjoy where you are until you get to where you're going. I want to be transparent with you this morning. One of the most, one of the most difficult things being a pastor and being a leader in a church is looking over the church and saying, we need to be here. We're here but we need to be here. And I'm praying about some of you and I say, they're here. Lord, you want to take them there? And a lot of times I get aggravated because you're not there. We're not there. 
Just a few Sundays ago, the Lord chastised me about that and said, why don't you just stop and enjoy where you are sometimes? Enjoy where the Lord has brought you. Enjoy, and if you're always looking about where you're going and what you haven't attained yet and where you have not become, you can't stop for a minute and say, I see the goodness of the Lord in this. I see the goodness of the Lord where I am right now. Somebody say amen. Would you lift your voice and give God praise in this place? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Forgetting. There's some things you need to forget. Forgetting those things which are behind. Now he said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The word forgetting means to lose out of mind. To lose out of mind. Bishop has an incredible uh, theory about the Apostle Paul's thorn in the flesh that he prayed that God would get rid of. And that was Paul's memory. Could possibly have been, I think it's the best I've ever heard, that what the Apostle Paul was dealing with when he said, Lord, take this thorn away from me. Take this, this thorn in my flesh, this irritant, take it away. Could have been his memory. If God helps you get over things in your past where it's not dwelling in your mind, that addiction that failure, that mess up, you need to thank God. But if it comes back to your mind, you go tell the devil, go argue with the blood because that's under the blood. That is under the blood of Jesus. That means it's been forgiven. It means it's been washed clean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you see the goodness of God? The Proverbs writer writes in chapter 4 and verse 25, Let thy eyes look right on, and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. How are you going to see the goodness of God? By being focused on the things of God. Be focused on the things of God. So he is my light. i got to look up. That's how I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. And then I must be focused on one thing, and that's the presence of God. Then he continues in verse 7. Hear, O God, Psalm 27 and 7. Hear, O God, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. So what's the next step in seeing the goodness of the Lord? And that's seeking God's face in prayer. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Amen. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O Lord of salvation. Whom my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. If my life gets so bad that my mom and dad leave me and forsake me and those that I trust and relationship I trust forsake me, Lord, I've got you. I've got you. If everybody gives up on me, you're not going to give up on me. Lord, if everybody turns me around and says, you're worthless, you're sorry, you're a bum, you never amount to anything, then here's what I'm going to do. I am going to, amen, to pray and seek the face of the Lord because he's going to be with me. 
Okay, we talk to God. That's verse 7 through 11. That's seeking God's face. And then verses 11 through 12 is when we listen to him. We listen to him. Teach me thy ways. Teach me thy way, O Lord. And lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of my enemies. For false witness are risen up against me. Amen. And such as breathe out cruelty. He says, I'm going to cry to the Lord, but I'm going to listen to him. Listen. Can you hear him? For Elijah, the Lord said, I want you to go. I'm going to talk to you. Go hide out. He's, he's having a, a real anxiety attack. He's down and out. He's got bitterness. The prophet feels like Jezebel's going to kill him, and he's really upset. And so he says, Lord, you just might as well kill me. You might as well kill me. He's sitting under a juniper tree. A juniper tree is such a small tree, it only has shade for, enough, for one person. He's throwing himself a pity party. How horrible it is. Jezebel's out to kill me. She's coming after me. And the Lord just goes over and goes, at least I think that's what he does. And he says, I've got 7,000 that's never bowed a knee to bell. I've got folks that, that, that have gone through more than you. Do you ever feel like the Lord does that to you? Just, you know, wake up. And the Lord said, I want you to go and I'm going to talk to you. He came. First of all, it was a great wind and a whirlwind and, and it, it was howling and, and God wasn't in that. And there's an earthquake and there's shaking and there's rumbling and God wasn't in that. But then he said, he was in a still, small voice. A still, small voice in a whisper. In a whisper. Do you know what you have to do when you whisper? When it's real, you know what you have to do? You gotta get closer. You gotta get closer. When God wants to talk to us and He does it in a whisper, it's because He wants to get closer. The whirlwind, we don't, you know, woo, that's shouting, that's running out. But sometimes it's in, in, in Brother Cole, it's in, in the whisper. It's when God gets close to us. He wants to tell us some things that are so important that he's got to get close to us. And he wants to tell us in our ear. Mm. Somebody needs to hear this today. Quit looking for the great crescendo and the fireworks. Quit looking for that. And listen to the intimacy of his voice. Oh, I'd follow God if he, you know, if he'd write in heaven and if he'd send me a letter, I'd follow God. And he's saying, come, 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 come. Somebody say amen. amen. <clears throat> the writer said, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The goodness of the Lord. In the spies that went into the promised land, two of them saw the promise. Two of them saw the, 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 the wonderful fruit. And the rest of them, all they could see was giants. Because that's what they were training their eye to see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The writer declares in the Psalms, he said, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is of him. Hallelujah. He, he, at one point he, he said, why are your soul cast down? So 
why are you cast down? Why are you so upset? So, oh, David liked to talk to himself. He said, so why are you so cast down? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Amen. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Amen. Why are you so troubled? Have you ever stopped and say, why am I so upset today? Why am I so angry today? Why am I so, what's really got me tied in knots? And sometimes you'll find you can't even figure out why you're mad. If you're like me, why are you upset? Anybody ever been upset and you couldn't figure out what you were upset about? I had three honest hands there. You're dealing with issues and you're feeling anxiety. You don't even know what you're anxious over. You don't even know what you're upset about. You're not even concerned. You don't even know what you're worried about. And so you say, so why are you doing this? Why are you downcast? Why are you dealing with these things? Amen. But we need to have the heart, amen, of the, of the writer in Psalm 34 and verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. When I feel it, when I don't feel it, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Not in my storm, not in my problem, but the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. They looked upon Him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard Heard him, amen, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth about them that fear him and delivereth them. And then I love this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see. Where's your appetite? Is your appetite for the things of doubt and fear and gloom? Or is your appetite for the goodness of God? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. We can get to the place that church becomes a drudgery and a monotony or we can say I'm going to see God he's going to show up hallelujah I'm going to see his power oh taste and see that the Lord is good then he said in verse 9 oh fear the Lord oh ye his saints for there's no want in them that fear him the young lions do lack and suffer hunger but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. The writer in the new or in Exodus declares us that the Lord has abundant goodness. The Lord is good and he's good all the time. His goodness is good all the time. Hallelujah. And we know that all things work together for good. They work together. It's a process. They're working together for the good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. Amen. You may not see the goodness right now, but you can still believe to see. Goodness may not appear right now in your vision, but you can believe I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. The writer in, in the shepherd's song said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness. Goodness. Somebody say his goodness. Do you remember the story of Moses when he was having some issues, leading the children of Israel in the wilderness. And he began to pray, and he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, would you give me a word? Matter of fact, he asked God, he said, 
Can I see your glory? I want to see your glory, Lord. I want to see your glory. Show me your glory. And God spoke to him. He says, I'll let you see my back parts, but I can't let you see my front parts because nobody can see that and live. So I'm going to let you see what's coming up behind me. You study that in the book of Exodus 33, you will find that Moses said that God, when his glory went by and he saw the hinder parts of God, what Moses said he saw was the goodness. God said, I will parade my goodness before you. So his glory and his goodness are synonymous. You want to see the goodness of the Lord? You'll see his glory. You want to see the glory of the Lord? You'll see his goodness. He is good to you. He is good to you. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him for his goodness. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. One thing I'm going to leave you with is the story of of Lazarus. You know, he had it died, and Jesus said, let's wait until he's good and dead before we go back. He didn't show up when Mary and Martha, the, the sisters, wanted him to. Lazarus is dead. And so he comes already past the time that he's stinking in the grave. And Jesus shows up late in their eyes. How many know that God's never late? On our clock, he may seem late, but he's never late. And so when Jesus shows up, finally, Lazarus is dead in the tomb, bed, been dead, and was stinking. And the Lord said to them, he said, didn't I tell you that you would see the glory of God if you believe? Mary and Martha had already said It's done. It's over. Death is final. There's never any overcoming this. There's never getting past this. And the Lord said, take me to where he is. I I know that there's things in your life that you may have feel like has died. Visions and dreams and hopes. But God can resurrect them in such a way that it may look different. Well, I, I had my life all planned out like this, and this is the way. I was never going to have a divorce, but then I had divorce. And I was never going to have this, and, and, and I was going to be this, and I was going to do that, and, and it didn't turn out that way. I'm serving a God that can go to a dead dream. If he can go to a dead body, he can go to a dead dream, regardless of how old you are, how young you are, and say, I choose to resurrect that. I choose to resurrect that. I will see the goodness of I will see the goodness of the Lord. Stand with me, please. For those of you that attend our church, you know that in about the last five years, uh, there have been some events that have happened that have been so devastating, so harsh and hard for numbers of our families. But one in particular, Sister Vicki, I'm going to use you as an example because you, you said this to me the other day. When y'all came to walk and have a prayer walk and uh, I couldn't get out with you because my back and Sister Vicky was here. She looked at me and 
tears started flowing down her face. I know what you've been through. And she said, I just don't think I thank God enough. I don't thank God enough. And I was convicted. You see, you can either decide to see the goodness of God and be thankful. Are you going to let life collapse in on you and bury you? And what good is that? But somewhere, God's got goodness buried in your life, waiting to show you. But you've got to believe to see. Pastor, I've been through some deep waters. I have gone through some... Yeah, yeah. Go look at the Bible and study. There are some folks that went through some deep waters. Did some horrible things. There were those that were put into horrible tests. But I believe to see the goodness of the Lord. Right now, amen, if you'd like to come and pray and just simply say, God, open up my eyes of faith. Let me see. I believe to see. I'm going to see goodness in this. I'm going to see your goodness. It may not be the goodness of man. It may not be the goodness of a situation. But it is your goodness. It is your goodness, Lord. I'm going to see your goodness. Amen. I believe it. I'm going to see it. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.